are going to start today with some sad breaking news to report to you. Toby Keith died last night at the age of 62. His family posting on X and on his website around 2.30 this morning that the singer passed peacefully surrounded by loved ones. They did not say the cause of death, but it comes after a more than year-long battle with stomach cancer. Austin police are investigating a body found in Lady Bird Lake. Around 1.30 yesterday afternoon, someone called 911 saying they saw a body in the water. It's in the area of the lake near Austin City Hall and the Buford Tower. Police did not release any more details about that person. Heads up, Barton Springs regulars starting next Thursday. Public parking on the north side of Barton Springs Pool will be closed and William Barton Drive will be limited. This is due to the kickoff of the Barton Springs Bathhouse Rehabilitation Project. Work is not going to be completed until next year. About some clear skies and warm days ahead this week here in Central Texas. We'll take it. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. This is why we uh, suffer through those summers. It's for winter days like today. Exactly. <laughs> this February weather, not bad. Not right? bad. Right? Not bad at all. Let me show you what's going on this morning because it is a cold start to the day. Our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there in Round Rock. Not trying to be anything in the way of rain, but we have light winds, clear skies, dry conditions, all the ingredients to see those temperatures run much colder this morning than what I was showing you yesterday at this time. We're talking 30s and 40s out west. Good morning, Marble Falls, 37 in your area, 48 round Mountain 41 Castell 35 in Fredericksburg. Austin Metro looking at temperatures in those 30s and 40s here. 48 downtown, 39 in Round Rock 43 Georgetown. Going the opposite direction, Wimberley is at 43, Driftwood 45. Eastern County is a mix of 30s and 40s here, a range of 44. Rosenke 42, Lockhart 45 up North Thorndale coming in in the upper 30s. Difference is a good 5 to 15 degrees colder over the last 24-hour readings, but the afternoon temperatures are going to rebound nicely. We go from those 30s and 40s this morning all the way up to 70 degrees this afternoon. Plenty of sunshine to help get us there, and the winds are going to stay nice and light on us. Coming up, this nice weather sticks around through midweek. But there will be some rain chances to finish up the work week and heading into the weekend. That's actually going to be our best opportunity for rain over the next six to seven days. Watching a West Coast storm inch closer to us, and that is expected to be our next weather maker here within the next six to seven days. So got a lot to talk about on the other side of the seven day. We'll talk a little bit more about what our temperatures look like today and tomorrow before we get to that rain coming up here in just a few minutes. Thank you, Kristen. Family and friends of a man murdered at the Austin Domain back in 2022 will confront the killer today in a courtroom. Gavin Roberts pleaded guilty yesterday to murder. That plea coming a day before his trial was set to start. He admitted to killing 34-year-old Justin Hayden inside an Austin apartment. Happened after the two went out celebrating on Halloween night. Roberts originally pleaded not guilty, but both sides reached a deal. Mr. Roberts has always wanted to take responsibility for what happened, and uh, he's confessed, um, and he wanted to plead guilty, and we were able to reach a deal. So we were able to resolve the case without taking the family through um, a, a horrible ordeal. As part of that deal, Roberts has agreed to serve 50 years in prison. Using technology to save time and save money, the Austin Police Department wants to transition to a more virtual process when they book people into jail. And this could help get officers back out on the streets more quickly. 
But critics worry about the impact of a necessary and thorough part of the judicial process. KXAN's Brianna Hollis talked with police and defense attorneys about this potential pilot program. So here's how this process would work. Instead of Austin police officers having to come downtown to the jail every time they arrested someone, they could instead take them to any APD location, fill out the forms remotely, and coordinate the initial hearing virtually. It will be a time-saving measure for us. Austin Police Association President Michael Bullock says the booking process can take up significant portions of officer shifts. Depending on what area of town they work, depending upon the time of day, this could take an officer out of service for three, maybe four hours to go through the whole process. This new plan to handle things virtually came about as a way for APD to limit patrol officers time at central booking in light of department staffing shortages. But some fear the efficiency comes at the cost of quality. I find the idea of a virtual magistration process concerning, bordering on alarming. Bradley Hargis, uh, the executive virtual. director of the Capital Area Private Defender Service, worries this could hinder due process. You still are not providing as quality quality of a hearing as you might in person. Anytime someone is arrested, both from the defendant's perspective and from the community safety perspective, you want a judge to be as fully informed as possible. We have found a lot of efficiencies that can come about through these processes, and the world overall has adapted to this type of technology. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Critics want to know more about the ins and outs of this, and they say they want safeguards in place to ensure quality. APD says it's set to test out this new program with a mock trial in the next three weeks. From there, the parties involved will address any areas needing improvement and determine the next steps. As we go in depth here, the pandemic changed how the judicial system handles court cases. Prosecutors in Travis County relied on technology to keep the wheels of justice moving. The DA at the time told KXAN that bond setting procedures and plea hearings were the primary concerns. The hearings were held via Zoom and then posted on YouTube for the public to watch. Austin voters could soon have a say on how to address climate change, the new proposal that could ask you for more money to fight the problem. And that newly released and revealed national security supplemental bill, how we can see this affect our border if it passes. Good morning, everyone, on this Tuesday. This is a live look at the city of Round Rock from the camera that we have over at the Whittlesea Landscape. Traffic looking good right now. We're going to check in with Kristen for not only your traffic update, but the weather to give you an idea of what that's going to be like later on today. Well, just two years into his reign, doctors diagnosing King Charles with cancer. And it comes a week after the monarch was released from a London hospital following a routine prostate procedure. And at this point, the palace isn't saying what exact kind of cancer it is. As NBC's Molly Hunter reports, the king has already started treatment. I'm NBC's Molly Hunter outside of Buckingham Palace. We learned late last night from Buckingham Palace in a statement that King Charles III, the 75-year-old monarch, has been diagnosed with a form of cancer. They are not saying what kind of cancer it is, only that after his recent hospital procedure for benign prostate enlargement, he was uh, discharged last week for that, a separate issue of concern was noted. Subsequent diagnostic tests have identified this as a form of cancer. We will have all the details about both his condition and the royal family, who we will start to see a lot more of coming up on the Today Show. We've seen a huge amount of support for it from both ends of the political spectrum. The latest efforts to decriminalize marijuana in Central Texas as several cities are facing legal challenges after their voters already approved it. 
Flying out of Austin's airport could become more of a hassle as they try to make more space at the airport. Texas back at Moody trying to put together a Big 12 win streak and get to 500 in conference play. I've got more on that coming up. Good morning, everyone. On this Tuesday, this is a live look at the Wealth Hour Center that we have for you over in Southwest Austin, the camera that we have there. It's going to be a beautiful day to get outside, whether you're going to the Wildflower Center or just really enjoying the day when you get back from work or getting the kiddos from school. Kristen has your forecast in the next few minutes, but first, some Austin City Council members want the city to take a huge comprehensive look at climate change efforts. But as KXN's Grace Reader explains, the plan could come with a big cost and the city could ask you and other residents to cover it. Intense summers, unprecedented winter storms, flooding. An assistant professor of climate science at UT says without big change. Ultimately, it's going to mean more damages for our communities. So more infrastructure that doesn't work the way that we need it to work people's lives and livelihoods being put in danger, and overall, worse quality of life for everyone. A plan to address that could end up on your ballot in November. Next week, Austin City Council will vote on whether to take the first steps in what they're calling the Environmental Investment Plan. Which is an investment in meeting and exceeding our climate goals. We have a lot of goals as a city to help reduce our impact on the environment, but we're falling short in too many areas. Simply put, some city council members want Austin to take a look at its climate goals. It's got a lot of them. Think anything from water use to public transit to city buildings. They want feedback from the public and then want staff to figure out how much all of that would cost and where that money should come from. And then we'll come back as a council to look at what those options are and figure out how much and what investments we want to make now and what maybe over the course of a few years. One of the funding options, a bond election in November of this year. That's basically letting the city take out a loan, which will be paid back by you in the form of property taxes. This doesn't put anything on the ballot in 24. What it does is say, what type of investments do we need to make? And then later on, when we look at financing mechanisms, if a bond is a potential financing mechanism that we feel is the most appropriate, that's when we'll make the decision about putting that on the ballot. Grace Reader, KXAN News. City Council is going to vote on whether to start this process next week. Now, if approved, Austin City Council member Ryan Alter that you heard from said those proposals from city staff will come back to City Council this summer. And that's when they could decide on possible funding options. Well, an update on the storm system out west. Three people have died so far after that storm began moving through California this past weekend. It marked the start of days of heavy rain and snow. About 38 million people are still underneath some sort of flood alert right now. A flood watch remains in effect, as does a winter storm warning and an avalanche warning. As a result of the storm, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued a state of emergency declaration. I mean, it's just too much rain in a short amount of time. They're still battling drought conditions out there, but I mean, they were measuring rainfall in several inches in many parts of the LA area. I mean, you think yeah. about, that's a lot of rain here, but exactly. there's nowhere for that rain to go when everything's covered in cement. I couldn't believe that was the river. 
Yeah. I mean, it's right. I've never seen the it LA like River, that. Yeah. It's dry. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. normally just a big, empty yes. basin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, a tundra, if anything. Uh, the top rainfall total I've seen, Bel Air picked up a foot of rain in three days. That's too much. That's a ton wow. of rainfall. Let me show you what that storm looks like right now, because I've been keeping an eye on it for those who do have friends and family in the area. And as you can see, unfortunately, it's still raining. We still have a flash flood warning up uh, out towards portions of the coast. So that's that Malibu area that you see that blue polygon. But in general, this is heavy rain. This is heavy mountain snow that they just don't need any more of out in California. This will slowly start to wind down later on tonight and into tomorrow. Right now here locally, though, we're quiet. We've got a clear sky up top and underneath. No fog on our Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center camera there in South Austin. We're doing okay this morning. Temperatures are colder. We knew going into it. Now we're going to see more 30s on the map. Why? Because everything kind of settled down last night. The wind settled down. The clouds disappeared. Those two things were with us yesterday morning. And now that they're gone, there's nothing really holding those temperatures back from getting down to those 30s and 40s. So that's why you see the difference between right now and 24 hours ago. We lost our winds and we lost our cloud cover. But the reverse is also going to be true this afternoon. Without clouds and without wind, we've got a really nice afternoon in 70s as far as temperatures go. Underneath that mainly sunny sky. Here's look at those forecast highs area wide and everybody is going to be pretty much nearing 70 degrees today. Well above average for this time of year and we'll take it. Nice day to be outside. Tomorrow we're going to see the clouds return. Thursday and Friday, very low chance of rain, but it's likely we see a better chance of showers and even some thunderstorms come in for the weekend. So walking you through this, today looks to be one of the nicest days of the next seven. As once we head into tomorrow, we're going to lose some of that sunshine. Bob, tell me at Thursday, there was a 10% chance of rain. Same kind of thing once we get into Friday, but Saturday into Sunday, you'll notice a little bit more coming our direction. It's going to be rain, not talking anything of the frozen variety. I think our friends up north in the uh, South Plains region, parts of the Permian Basic, potentially see more of a, a wintry mix there. But our temperatures will be warm enough to keep everything that falls liquid. But you'll notice the rainfall potential really isn't that great. I mean, a tenth of an inch to a quarter of an inch between Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So as I told you yesterday, a lot of what we're seeing in the seven-day forecast is trending towards light rainfall intensity, no flooding signal, signals, I should say, uh, and no f and severe warning, uh, severe weather, I should say, uh, signals either. So seven-day forecast shows it looks active once we get into Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but emphasizing this will mostly be light rain. In the meantime, Temperatures will stay in the low 70s all the way up until that cold front gets in here. We're a little cooler Sunday, Monday, more wind to finish the weekend. And overnight lows only get warmer. 40s tomorrow morning, but then we spend the rest of the seven day waking up to 50s. Thanks, Kristen. The Federal Aviation Administration says most of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes have returned to service. But officials say they will continue to monitor the planes after new reports of loose bolts on 737 MAX 9s. In a letter sent to staff this week, Boeing CEO wrote, a worker at its supplier discovered misdrilled holes in the body of about 50 undelivered planes. And that comes after the agency grounded all MAX 9s. It followed a door plug blowing off an Alaska Airlines plane mid-flight last month. The FAA says it is looking closely at Boeing's procedures and employee training. Um, the changes that are in place right now are a, an, an enhanced oversight program at, at the Boeing Renton facility. Uh, they are in data collection. They are looking at all elements of the quality system, the process, the procedures, the employee training, 
And as we identify trends there or items that need to be corrected, uh, we'll be moving forward with, with corrections there. The FAA says almost all of its inspections have been completed. 135 out of the 144 aircraft grounded have returned to service. Well, several cities have already voted to decriminalize marijuana here in Texas. A central Texas nonprofit is hoping to do the same. This time it would be in Lockhart and KXAN Sam Stark talked to that group pushing for the initiative. Lockhart, the barbecue capital of the world, well known for smoke. But this November, a different kind of smoke could appear on the ballot whether or not they should decriminalize low-level marijuana possession. Mono Amiga is the nonprofit leading the charge. They started the initiative about a month ago. Through our time in Lockhart over the last month, we've seen a huge amount of support for it from both ends of the political spectrum. To get the issue in front of the people, they need 10% of registered voters to sign a petition. They said they've already been successful getting about half of those. Mono Omega is the same nonprofit that helped get similar legislation on the ballot in 2022 in San Marcos. Well, I'm for it. I think it's um, kind of just common sense legislation. I mean, that's need to reduce the jail populations. It doesn't make sense to use city funds and scarce resources to punish people for something when we could invest in public resources that actually help address any issues at the root Last week, the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton announced lawsuits against five Texas cities. This includes San Marcos, Austin, and Elgin. All have passed some sort of marijuana decriminalization legislation over the years. The AG says local governments must follow state law. We have the intention to continue collecting signatures and continue pushing forward with what we believe is the right of the people of Lockhart to decide where their scarce resources are allocated. In Lockhart, Sam Stark, KXAN News. We did reach out to Lockhart leaders about this and a spokesperson told us it was premature to comment on the initiative. Going in depth though, last week Elkin responded to A.G. Paxson's lawsuit. City released a statement saying that while voters passed the proposition in 2022, quote, City Council has taken no action to support the ordinance. City of Elgin and the Elgin Police Department are enforcing state law. Looking further in depth, under Texas law, possession up to four ounces of marijuana qualifies as a misdemeanor. Two ounces or less could warrant 180 days in jail, while two to four ounces could mean a year in jail and a fine of up to $4,000. Anything above four ounces is called a felony. And anything five pounds and above is a mandatory minimum sentence of two years in prison and a fine of up to $10,000. Road improvements are coming to a fast-growing area of Williamson County. Plans are calling for $2.5 million worth of work on County Road 332. You see this here, this is just east of the Gerald area. County leaders and construction teams held a groundbreaking for this project yesterday. New subdivisions going up in that area and demand is growing for better roads. Typically a subdivision can come up faster than we can build roads and so as much growth as we're seeing, the county's working hard to, to keep up with the transportation needs to make sure that the people are safe getting in and out of their homes and like I said, to make sure that, that the kids are safe and the families are safe. The county road is going to be reconstructed as a two-lane road with shoulders. Money for that project comes from bonds that voters approved in 2019. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry.
Good morning to you. Longhorns back at Moody Center tonight trying to make it back-to-back -back wins. This is the back end of a six-consecutive game streak against ranked opponents. The AP poll's been around since 1949, and Texas has never played six straight ranked opponents. Coming off that win against TCU to get within a game of 500 in the Big 12. Starting the second half of the Big 12 season, and Rodney Terry is hoping this team has forged an identity. Where we are right now, I think we're playing with more of an urgency. Uh, we're playing like a, you know, a scrappy team. I always tell our guys, you know, there's never any pressure to try to win games in front of you, whether you're on the whole, at home or on the road. Trust your preparation, the work you put in already, and then you've got to go play. You got to go play, and you know everybody wants to win. You know we're going to want to win tomorrow night. Iowa State's going to want to win tomorrow night. You know who's going to put their will on who in terms of you know, doing the, the uncomfortable things it's going to take to get it done. As good as Iowa State's been this year, they've not won a road conference game. Came close in Waco on Saturday night. Longhorns are back home on Saturday when they take on West Virginia. Of course, they lost to the Mountaineers in Morgantown earlier this year. Back to you. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for joining us. Here's what we're tracking at 5. When we could see family and friends of a man murdered at Austin's domain confront the killer in the courtroom.